to a new episode of Locked On Maps, and today we have the one and only Tank Top, the stash, and everything. Tim Cato talking all things Mavs on today's Locked On Maps. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavs don't believe you shouldn't be here welcome to lockdown mavs i'm one of your co-hosts isaac harris contributor mavs.com studio 41 thanks for making lockdown as your first listen of the day if you're on youtube hit subscribe below leave a comment below and if you how would you on a scale of one to ten how would you rank tim cato's stash if you're on YouTube right now, how would you rank it? Isaac, that's the third bullet point. You're spoiling <laughs> the entire show. That's true. So coming up, slow build. Coming up in the third segment, we're going to talk about the history behind the stash, the tank, and uh, everything. But yeah, if you want to support the show, you can subscribe on YouTube or text us through our subtext. We send out rumors, latest news, Q&As. Uh, if Tim Cato writes a story like I did a few weeks ago, Tim Cato wrote a story. I put the link in the text and I said, Hey, Cato wrote about the Mavs. You should read it here. And uh, yeah, a bunch of you guys, hopefully you read it. Just click the link in the description and get signed up. Tim is the Mavs off season. Like, like how's your off season going? Are, is your off season done? Is the Mavs off season done? Or are you just waiting on the Mavs too? Or I'm actually like in the midst of a couple busy weeks, but as far as I know, it has nothing to do with the Mavs. I'm just working on some, uh, some features and, working uh working ahead on some stuff and I'll, I'll put it this way i feel comfortable taking some vacation mid-august into late august and i would probably feel comfortable taking some vacation next week if i wasn't wrapping some stuff up okay okay well for mavs fans who want to hear that the mavericks are about to make a trade that doesn't make them feel too happy how was vegas for you it's exhausting and it's not exhaust i mean it's exhausting in a lot of ways but it's really exhausting. Like I'm, I'm I've gotten journalism. You, you got to get pretty good at an extroversion. And I like that, you know, like I've gotten pretty good, but there's probably a hundred unique people, more than a hundred unique people I had conversations with over the course of six days. And that's just, that, that wears you out, man. Damn. You know, it's like Vegas is the NBA's, you know, uh, like business conference. And, you know, instead of doing happy hours with your bosses or, you know, we're going to like an escape room. You've got, you know, rookie debuts. So, you know, it's a cool form of entertainment and yes, that stuff matters. And it's, you know, I'm not trying to trivialize the fact that, you know, there are people playing for, you know, careers and playing for roster spots. But I think functionally that is why Vegas is what it is and the way that it's, it's really blown up is that it's the one time of the year that every single person within the NBA sphere, um, agents, players, team execs, coaches, um, and even more people beyond that, you know, people who, you know, have third-party businesses that they're trying to license and, you know, uh, you know, clearly, you know, plenty of fans and, you know, just everybody congregates. And it's the one time of the year that that happens. And so it's, uh, it's always fun. I always enjoy it. And uh, I've been in recovery mode for like four weeks now, three weeks, whatever it is. If you could build the best um, escape room team off the Mavericks roster right now, four players. Grant Williams. Grant Williams, number one. 
I just, I don't know. He's got, he's got that, uh, he's got to escape room energy. Um, you know, this is going to go against the grain. I feel like Luca would actually not be good at it. Is that crazy? Like, I don't know. Somehow like his creative passing. The, the only reason I would make me think that he might be good is he would just want to get out and be done with it so bad that he, yeah. he wouldn't be like, Oh man, this is like fun. That's a good point. I think Kyrie would be really good at it. Yeah, Kyrie be. Like, we don't have to go more into that, but I think he would be really good at it. He's <laughs> um, like, hey, this sign tells me, Dwight Powell. I bet. I think that's a good shout. I, I think definitely out of all the bigs on the roster, Dwight Powell is much more of the person to pick than say Maxi Playba. Yeah. Who, sorry, Maxi. I just don't. I don't think that's one of his inherent skills. <laughs> okay. Now the escape room talk. I should have put escape room at the uh, top of the bullet point list. Well, but... you didn't know I was going to say that. No. <laughs> I led uh, us in that direction. You guys, hopefully you already are reading Tim. He writes at The Athletic. He has a podcast, the only Mavericks podcast it's called only 70, 77 Minutes in Heaven. Probably the best intro music of all Mavs podcast. Um, where I feel like, you, I mean, Austin's a staple on there. Mike's on there. And then you have... Dave's on there a decent amount. Is he on there every week? No, I feel like there's ones every now and then I listen to that he's not on. But I'm in. I'm I'm on all of them. I don't think I've missed an episode. I thought I would at some point this season, and I've I've never missed an episode. But yeah, we've kind of got a rotating cast of three. Austin probably is on it most often. Yeah, we haven't yeah. dropped an episode in a little bit. We might we may have some news later this summer stuff like that. But just just I, I think we will have an episode next week, and uh, be kind of our sign off. Okay. Or the summer, You're due. which, yeah, yeah. So empty I know, I know empty the been... notebook and drop drop a pod. Speaking of the notebook, who's starting day one for the Mavs right now? Somebody asked me about this in the for, uh, for the center. Let's just do this yeah. for the center spot. Yeah, somebody asked me in the in one of the comments of uh, mailbag I published this week, and they're like Isaac Harris. He had a really good take on this. Ooh. You know the. Uh, you know what your head tells you, what your heart tells you, what your uh, what 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 you <laughs> had on. on. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that was a pretty good summation. And so it's, just stated clearly, it's you know uh, you think your head says uh, that it should be Rashawn Holmes. I'm. I mean, I still want to see what he looks like. It's. I agree with the Mavs' optimism, or I, I it, it resonates with me. You know, the Mavs are optimistic that different environment of, of Dallas will suit him better than Sacramento. Alex Lynn was still playing over Rashawn Holmes. And so like, I do want to see it, but yeah, I, I think, I think that he can probably be a productive center for this team. Um, Derek Lively. I, I do think it's going to take some time. That's my best guess. I am coming around on a lot of people. I know Austin Gurria wrote about it for, for D magazine. Um, you know, he has a lot of optimism that Derek Lively is going to be what the team is looking for. Uh, in, in probably sooner than later. And I liked what I saw in summer league. I, I don't think that he's in the rotation to start the year. Uh, Dwight Powell's probably going to be the starter. That seems likeliest. Um, if I'm the Mavericks, and I, I know there's been reporting and I've, you know, kind of said similar things, but, you know, Mark Stein has, has talked about how they would love to, to reunite or uh, re-engage with some of these trades that they opened the summer discussing. And, you know, one such trade would be you know, Atlanta and Clint Capella. I don't think that's, that's not the direction I would go at this point. Oh, really? You wouldn't go for no. Capella at all? It's, how much does it move the needle? He's not making them a title contender, right? 
I mean, I guess it comes down to how far of the gap between Dwight Powell and Clint Capello there is. And I think there's a decent size gap. I, I think there's a decent size gap, but I don't think that he's going to be the third plus third best player on the team. Who's the third best player on the Mavericks right now? Grant Williams. I, I think it is too, <laughs> you know, or, or it's Josh Green taking a leap, or maybe it would be Clint Capello if they traded for him. Yeah. And I think the Mavericks had a really good offseason, and I don't think that any team whose third best player is Grant Williams or Josh Green or Clint Capella is a title contender. And so I would not, if I'm the Mavericks, give up any assets, any pieces of value to go get a center who's turning 30 next season and who isn't part of the long-term, you know, even even like three-year vision. I, I'm not sure that Clint Cabello would be starting three years from now. I mean, certainly not. They drafted Derek Lively to hopefully be that guy. Yeah. And so I don't think that I would give up any pieces of value to go get a center upgrade, but not a status in the NBA upgrade. Not enough of one. And especially when the Mavericks are next summer, they actually have a, a decent haul that they could trade that they could use to go – you know, probably not a mega superstar, but they finally have, you know, players, prospects, picks next summer. They're going to have three first rounders they could trade unprotected. I wouldn't mess that up at all just to go get a upgrade, but not enough of one at the center position. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. I have one more Capella question and then we'll keep going. But first, let me tell you about our friends at FanDuel because this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Let's look at some odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook on FanDuel.com. Let's look at some NFL odds. Super Bowl, just outright betting for the Super Bowl this coming season. You got the Chiefs at plus 600. Philly, Delphia, Eagles, plus 800. Try to say Philly and Philadelphia. It didn't work out. Buffalo. Cincinnati, San Francisco, and your Dallas Cowboys, a plus 1,400. If I'm not mistaken, Slovenia, plus 1,400 for the World Cup, FIBA World Cup, Dallas Cowboys, plus 1,400 for Super Bowl. Bam. That looks like a combo for everybody to cash in on right there. Take your first swing on FanDuel. Get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right. So how real has the Capella Talks been? Has this just been a people connecting the dots and like, Hey, it makes sense if he went to Dallas or has this been like real negotiation type stuff? My best understanding of it, you know, and it's as much as people are, are willing to say, and often it's, you know, fractions of what's actually happening. But um, I think they started the off season, you know, one of their, one of the first things they were doing, you know, I can't tell you it's the exact first phone call they made or anything like that. But I do think that very early on in, off, in, in the offseason, they talked to Atlanta and Atlanta had far too steep of a price uh, on Clint Capella for Dallas to be interested. And so, you know, the one scenario w- where it would make sense is if it becomes like a pure salary dump, 
you know, just were a second rounder. I mean, I guess, sure. Yeah. At that point, it's just talent upgrade. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that the, the Atlanta Dallas talks were stuff that happened very early on and then they cooled off completely because Dallas just wasn't interested in what Atlanta was asking. Um, you know, what, what they wanted back from a deal like that and whether they were to, you know, whether they reignite at some point, you know, and my guess is probably closer to training camp than, mm. you know, today, right now, I think it'd be much further down the line. Um, I could be wrong about that. It's just my impression, but yeah, I think, I think they started, they cooled off and uh, now we're just kind of in this, you know, both sides have some interest. I'm sure Dallas still has some interest, um, but I think that's where we're at. You reported on the athletic in uh, one of your written pieces lately about the talks with uh, Detroit. What was the mindset for Dallas behind those trade talks? Yeah, I, I heard that all around Vegas. That was, that was a very Vegas sort of thing I got, you know, by nature of kind of being there and around people and talking. Could you remind people of that framework teams. again? Sorry. Uh, my understanding, it was uh, Bojan Bogdanovic and Killian Hayes was discussed, and it would have been Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Green. Uh, not Sorry, not Josh Green. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, JaVale McGee going back. Um, I'm speculating here. I, I think that it might have been a situation where um, it would have been directly tied to the Grant Williams sign-and-trade. Mm. Um, you know, I heard that. Basically, and I, I found this just very interesting, just from a logical or a, a you know structural sense. Basically, the sign and trade for Grant Williams was agreed to, and then on top of that, the teams kind of agreed to a seven-day period where they both could explore: Are we going to go add something to this? And you know, even when I was being told this, I'm like, how common is that? And, and I guess for deals like this, um, you know, where both teams have some interest and some belief that maybe they could add on to it it is kind of how the mechanism of these trades sometimes play out. So I, I just found that really interesting just about how front offices work. And yeah. so in this case, I, I, I had heard by, I still wasn't sure whether it was going to happen or not, whether it was going to, you know, expand into the short deal by Monday. I'd been hearing about it, you know, the pre the prior Thursday, I think by Tuesday, I think all sides had pretty much set. Uh, as far as I know, the two, the deadline was kind of that Tuesday evening. And, and by the afternoon, they were all kind of set on, okay, we're just going to complete the trade as is. I, I do wonder if Detroit was only interested in it if uh, Reggie Bullock could have been rerouted up to them in addition mm -hmm. to Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, that might have been one of the sticking points on that. Um, I, I don't know even for sure that Dallas uh, would have completed the you know the framework that I, I put out there that I had heard. I just know that it was... It, it felt serious enough that you know that framework was being... People around the league were hearing about it. And so... Um, you know, there was some level of, you know, this isn't just two people, two teams, two executives chatting, you know, I, I think it was a little bit beyond that, but, you know, having those talks and building out those frameworks doesn't mean that at the very end, you're going to say, yes, we're absolutely going to do it. Like there's still sticking points. And maybe that was just kind of the, here's the meat in the middle offer. And Dallas was going to you know, wait until they got it more slanted to their side. And if they didn't, they were going to say no. So yeah, there's a lot that I'm, I'm not fully sure of, but I absolutely know that they, you know, kind of talked through and, you know, at least considered that as an, as an option. Dallas didn't want to give up JaVale. Yeah, I think that's it. And, you know, it's just really, you know, it's really hard to replace the, uh, the number of gold chains. 
that he very impressively wears in the locker room after the games. Like I'm jealous. Like this, this is. <laughs> you gotta step up your game. Like yeah, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself right now. <laughs> it's silver, by the way. I'm a, I'm, got, I've got the skin tone for silver. I wish I could pull off gold. Uh, you mentioned Tim Hardaway being in those trade talks. I feel like he's been mentioned, you know, for a while now. What I mean, like, what's his status in Dallas? Where do you think his head's at right now, knowing that he's been kind of on the block for a bit? Do you think he stays in Dallas? I mean, what, what's going on with Tim? I mean, it's no secret that Dallas has been willing and interested to, to trade him for a while. Um, it clearly has not happened yet. I mean, I I would be surprised if he ended next season still a Maverick, but I, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he started the year with the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think... I think they're incentivized to try to trade him, you know, at this point, but by signing Seth Curry, there's only, you know, and having Jaden Hardy, who I think should get minutes. I think that it's important to the team and it's important to the team's future. You know, he's their one high ceiling player that theoretically, you know, could be a future all-star centerpiece. Now that's oh, way far. Don't, way, don't be taking shots at Omax. Far. All right. You think, you think he's, you think he's got all-star ceiling potential? I'm thinking Springfield, all right? <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I know you love him, and I know he was your guy. And I, I was like, I was happy for you when he when they traded up and, and drafted him. <laughs> oh, that's, that's still, like, what? I, actually, I want to stick on this for one more second. Like, what, what is the, the player comp that would be, you know, his absolute highest peak ceiling? I mean, I, I think for him... Uh, yeah, like Pascal to do Siakam. I know it's, it's like Siakam's see- not going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, but I mean, I feel like a lot of people get in nowadays. But no, I, I don't think it's Hall of Fame stuff. But I, I mean, I think it's Siakam. I think, man, if he could be an OG for Dallas type of thing, like that's the that's the type of lane that I'm looking at for Dallas. That best case scenario, he is your younger PJ Tucker. He's your Siakam. I'd say is on the top end of that. Because, you know, he can handle the ball a little bit more. I, I don't like when, you know, I feel like Dorian's name has been thrown out a lot for him. It's like, oh, we got our new Dorian. Yeah, I know. I can't stand it. And I love Dorian. But it's just, he's just not Dorian in a, in a bunch of different ways. So I don't like that comp at all. I don't think as a defender, he's a lot like Dorian either. Um, Dorian is, was much more of an on, on ball, like point of attack guy. And I think Omax does some of that. But, you know, he would get beat off the dribble in college. I think that. And it's funny, you know, he doesn't get blocks. You know, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of why that was. You know, I believe 12 or 13 blocks his entire college career over three years. Um, but I think I think the, the way that he – the defensive value I really see from him is more presence and, like, space feeling, filling. And, and I think that, you know, he's a little bit more like, like Reggie than uh, and Dorian, uh, even defensively. And I probably haven't watched enough of him – that you know maybe 20 games of the season i'm gonna be like i'm an idiot i should have watched more tape and maybe but that, that's been my impression so far and i've heard a couple other people echo that as well the the young guys him Derek lively let's say Jaden hardy also where do you see their spots in the rotation do they have a spot in the rotation right now um i mean yeah omax i think does yeah over and hardy i like if you had to rank them and say all right if I had to say this person out of those three, I think has the most chance or the best chance of being in the rotation. 
well, I mean, if they don't trade Tim Hardaway Jr., I, I just where are the minutes for Jaden Hardy? Yeah, and I, you know, I think that he should get minutes. Like, I, I know we kind of interrupted with Omax talk. That this is what yeah. we were talking about right before. I mean, I think that's why I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is the best player out of Jaden Hardy and him and and uh, and Seth Curry. I, I I think that it's about time for this, you know, him and Luca partnership to end. It, Longest tenured Mav, other than Dwight, on the team. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it must be. Came in the KP trade. Obviously. Now Dor- now, yeah, now Dorian's gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. It feels like it feels like he's surplus. Tim Hardaway Jr. is surplus. It, it does feel like it's about time, and that the Mavs are capable of, you know, moving on from him and, and replacing his value. And he loves and playing with Luca, though. Yeah, yeah. Does he? No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think he, I think he does. That's not what Tim Hardaway Senior thinks. <laughs> so I, I think that I don't see a role. I don't see a role for Jaden Hardy up until you know a Hardaway trade happens. And so, you know, I think the Vets are just going to get minutes over him. And I, I think, I think that's deserved. I just think that they need to, you know, if 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 at all possible, I don't think it should be a salary dump. I don't think they should trade him for nothing. I don't think they should trade Tim Hardaway Jr. for nothing. You know, Tim's yeah. are valuable. That's like my number one thing. I've got to, I've got to stick with Tim's. Tim Hardaway, but Tim Cato, Tim McMahon. So many of us in Dallas. There's only room for, only room for two. But <laughs> no, so that's yeah, that's that's basically my take here. And and uh, you know, so I think I think Omax as of right now, and, and we'll see what happens. I, I think he's probably, you know, got a better chance to to be a, a quite possibly a day one rotation player. And we don't want to cast any guarantees on 21 year old rookies like he goes through a shooting slump and they may have you know or especially a shooting hesitation mm. they may have you know no choice but to you know, a few games on the bench but you know they don't have big wings you know they need somebody beyond grant williams to you know offer that type of defensive presence and you know josh green is is he doesn't guard up and so they need a player like omax as the roster is constructed right now to play minutes for them. So I, I do think that he's likeliest of, of the three. And then we'll see how Derek Lively, the, the third guy here, we'll see how he comes along over the first half of the season. And, you know, I think the, the optimists might be right that, that he really pushes his way in, but I, I do think that it will take a little bit of, of, uh, you know, of, of seasoning and development and quite possibly in the G league for that to happen. I'm ready for Mavs Twitter to riot over when Seth plays more than when, than Hardy and Dwight plays more than Lively. Twitter might melt down. All right, let's take another quick break and then we'll be back and I have some uh have a Christian Wood question for Tim Cato. All right. I'm just going to toss this slow pitch softball out and you just take it wherever you want to take it. Why didn't Christian Wood work out in Dallas? That's a softball. I feel like, here's the thing we still like i still get dms and stuff asking dude why do why doesn't they why don't they just sign him right now like he could be our starting center like what what is going on like what and i just i don't know how many different ways to talk about christian wood and i just would like somebody smarter than me to kind of explain the situation i don't even fully 
fully feel like I understand every aspect of it because like very clearly he is a talented player. I think out of all of like the, you know, beat writers, credentialed beat writers per se, I was probably the most optimistic. Um, well, I, I, I was, I was more optimistic than, you know, you know, Callie and, and McMahon and, and Brad, I feel like, because like I, I saw a player who is talented, but yeah, role acceptance matters. Um, I, I, you know, I've, I've asked this question before. Um, maybe at some point I'll write a story about it, but like how many players could have been Dwight Powell, but mm. wanted to be more. Mm. And, you know, I think that that sort of idea of role acceptance and, and willingness to, you know, not reach beyond what actually helps your team win is a lot of the Christian Wood story. I think that, you know, the, the defense and, you know, I, I don't think people disliked him necessarily, but like not in the locker room. Yeah. Um, you know, there may have been some uh, just like a lack of awareness, but I, as far as I know, you know, he wasn't a, an a-hole or, you know, he wasn't, you know, maybe, maybe thought, a, a you know, certainly thought he should be more than the player and the role that, that the Dallas coaching staff thought. Mm. But as far as I understand, it's not like he was, you know, like complaining or, or starting, you know, mutinies in the locker room about it. It's just, you know, he always thought he should be that player and Dallas had a different idea for him. And, you know, it's, nobody signed Kelly Uber Jr. either. You know, he scored 20 points last year. I, I think that the NBA is starting to, you know, if scoring is like the most important skill, but it's also has to be like, if, if that's your one thing, you have to be so good at it. Yeah. And it was too much of one thing for Christian Wood. Um, you know, it, certainly the way he viewed himself at, at least. And so, I don't know. That's my best swing at it. It's, it's, you know, cause like I remember starting off the year with, you know, cautious, very cautious optimism, especially after I got to know his agent. I was um, say, your DMS were probably pretty not cautious, but I, I went in, I went in to the season trying to give him a, a, you know, with an open mind and blank slate about what this player could be. And I remember very early on, I described some of his drives as like almost Giannis-esque. And I, 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 like, I don't think that's, you know, like he's not Giannis. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but just the way that, that a player that tall can contort his body and get to the rim and move around people. Um, like it's really, he does some really impressive stuff with the basketball in his hands. But I, I also understand you know, I, he's not coming back to Mavericks, obviously, and, and he shouldn't. And, you know, if, you know, we'll see if and where he ends up somewhere. It's going to be fascinating to see what he signs for. I'm assuming it's, you know, if it's not the minimum, it'll be something, you know, in that range. And to think that there was a, you know, I don't even know if you want to say conversation, but there was a whole, you know, a debate among some in the fan base of earlier in the season of, four-year max contract and now he might be getting a minimum contract somebody asked me this uh the other day uh mavs fan uh wrote in and asked and i was going to toss it to you is jason kidd on the hot seat this year um i know i wouldn't call it that um at all really mm. um i wrote about this in a mailbag a, a few 
and it might have been before even the draft, but I remember writing about this and it's just like, yeah, they're, they're committed to him. And, you know, I, I do think that, you know, the, you know, they wanted to hire Frank Vogel and they, you know, certainly, you know, they, they've kind of filled out, it seems like they filled out the staff, maybe one more hiring coming uh, for the coaching staff, but, you know, they, I didn't view that as like, if they had hired Frank Vogel, I, I didn't view that as a move where, you know, they have the next person up. I, I would have, I would have viewed that almost as a doubling down on Jason Kidd and just saying, we're going to give you all the tools, tools you need to succeed. Mm. And I don't think he had a good coaching season last year. I think objectively, can we be objective about this? I feel like it's pretty objective that he did not, you know, help the Mavericks in the margins of winning games, but you know, he was hired to be someone who could, you know, get through to Luca, and I'm not sure he fully did, but I'm not sure anybody could have last season. Um, if there is somebody to do it, I, I do think that he probably has a better chance than, than most, just given his pedigree and, you know, given the way that he does have a proven track record of getting superstars to like him. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't call it a hot seat. Um, and look, I mean, if they, you know, last season was the first time that Luca probably fail felt like his franchise felt mm. you know i don't think he felt like that any of the first four seasons um you know if there is another failure coming and they have to make a really drastic move to you know as a hey luca we're doing whatever for you i mean the coaching change is, is an obvious one you know that is you know a very common thing around the league and so you know I, I, this is not to say that they like don't believe in jason kidd very clearly they do but you know on the flip side you know, that is kind of another thing in the future that is available to them if, if uh, things start to get uh, less than uh, less than great around here or continue yeah. to be less than great, I should probably yeah. say. Continue. All right, last thing I want to ask you about is Josh Green. When I think about players next year that, man, how, how much they will impact the team if they're at their best, I think of somebody like Josh Green because, you know, they don't really have a ton of guys who can – guard the point of attack that can guard the other point guard and it's like all right after josh green are we looking at dante exum i mean i listened to the grant williams you know pods he did with jj reddick tommy alter you know and and theo pinson and grant was on one of those saying yeah my biggest weakness is guarding quicker guards and he's like he's trying to get better at it that's not really what dallas is signing for so josh green has like i mean if josh green takes a leap I think it will be just be so massive for this team. They need him defensively. So I want to ask you your thoughts on Josh Green, but also what you've heard about extension stuff and any extension numbers or timing on that. I unfortunately have not heard anything about that. I expected to get done, um, you know, but that's just because it seems logical. It seems like an obvious thing to happen. Um, I'm very curious what the numbers are going to look like. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I guess if they let it go into the season, I'm not like, how much money could Josh Green really make? I know. I have no clue. It's, I, it's, have it's no clue. yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. And yeah, it, I mean, it, obviously it does depend on, on his play, but I don't know, man. Um, I think what you said about, you know, they need a guard defender and they need a point of attack guy for you know these ones and twos who are you know superstars in the league scoring superstars i think that uh is absolutely a role that is you know fully 
his next season and is really important to the team and their their roster construction. Reggie Bullock was that guy, obviously, for the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think he's not here. Um, Omax can probably do it a little bit, but I, I think very clearly Josh Green or, you know, Dante Axum, who's not going to be in the rotation, but, you know, he's, he's at least, you know, on the roster available for that. So, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's Josh's, you know, one very clear, uh, you know, addition or, or skill that he has that's unique and important to the Mavericks roster. And then I think that him continuing to develop and him having the ball more, you know, he's a confidence player. We've all seen that. I think he does need the ball in his hand to a degree. Uh, the more you can play him, I think, you know, with, with Luca or with Kyrie, but not necessarily, you know, like if they can stagger him where he's the second ball handler a lot of the times. And, you know, that fits great when Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. are out there. Um, you know, we'll see about Tim. It's does get trickier when Jaden Hardy's out there. Um, yeah. You know, I think if it's Jaden Hardy and Luca or Jaden Hardy and, and uh, Kyrie, that does kind of push Josh Green back into this third ball handler role. And I think that's where he's been least effective. I think he's far and away been most effective when, when he's really touching it and getting a lot of chances to probe and, and, you know, quick recyclings and um, you know, because he's not, he's not a, he doesn't have a first step. He doesn't just blow by defenders. You know, he's, he's better when he has a lot of chances to, you know, kind of look for the, you know, defense breaking pass. Um, that's my analysis anyway and so i think that's that's his hope for a role and you know just shoot a lot of threes and make him out of high clip shoot more than he did last season and uh you know they need him out for they need him out there for defense for sure and so um i think how he goes next season probably does have a lot of you know uh a lot of bearing on how the season overall goes well tim your mustache looks awesome continue i can't wait to see it at training camp when it's just i mean it's gonna be it might just be a summer look ah okay all right we'll have to see media day you're walking in with just a stash then i'll be so happy all right i'll try to keep it around at least till then just for you isaac tim how often remind people how often you're doing q a's on the athletic and when the pot well you say you're you're due for a new episode, so but you don't know. Yeah, I think we'll have a pod next week. Uh, I'll have another, another mailbag installment on Monday. And then uh, it's the time of year where things are not super regular. And so uh, just just keep an eye out and, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter, do all those things. And so. All right. Well, Tim, appreciate you. Talk to you soon. And uh, yeah, have fun this summer. Not too much fun, but fun. An appropriate amount of fun.